This is your girl, Aisha Small, and you are now listening to Small Talk, where no small talk is insignificant. First off, let me start out by saying that I am so excited about this podcast, Small Talk. For one, I am blessed between friends and family who've been helping me with feedback and comments and just helping me throughout this whole process. And I want to thank you guys so much to the bottom of my heart. For the people that don't know me, my name is Aisha Small. I'm a Maryland alum. I'm also a transfer from Baylor University. I currently play professionally overseas and I coach AAU basketball down in Florida on the EYBL circuit. I've been around this game for so many years and I've seen so many people make good decisions and I've also seen people make not so good decisions, including myself. I thought it would be selfish on my part to not share my knowledge to these parents and the players and coaches, uh, basically with helping these young ladies make the biggest decision of their life. Uh, and after seeing this transfer portal the past couple of years, I thought it was time for, to have some uncomfortable conversation that we're not having within the women's game. So please listen Give me feedback. Let me know comments. Follow me on Twitter at AishaSmall24, and I would love to hear from you. Now, to start the show off right, I want to give a special shout-out to our guest today, Mr. Dan Olson, great friend of mine, great person, in and out. Yo, Dan, what's up? Isha, nice to be here. Thank you for having me, and happy Monday. Happy Monday. Oh, man. Dan, I'm going to just get straight to the point. Tell me about yourself. <laughs> tell the people, tell the world, what do you do? How do you do it? Just let them know everything about you. Okay. Um, currently reside in Easton, Pennsylvania. Um, also live in Tampa, Florida. Um, have been in this basketball world for quite a long time. 18 years as a college men's and women's basketball coach. Uh, wow. Been an agent for players overseas. Um, heck, I was even a basketball official for a while before I got into this scouting service business back in the early part of 20, 20, 2007 and, mm-hmm. uh, started the collegiate girls basketball report and, um, also worked for ESPN, do their, their hoop girls website for all their grassroots basketball, including player profiles, uh, high school top 25 rankings, class college rankings. Um, so I live this stuff um, morning, noon, and night every day. Never stops. Oh, oh man. <laughs> That's me in a eat, nutshell. Hey, the true definition of eat, sleep, basketball. There it is. <laughs> so speaking of doing rankings and ES, um, ESPN and all that, so we're just going to get right to it. How do you feel about this transfer portal? The amount uh, of players that's in it. Yeah, I think it's like at four thirty something today, and um, it's nuts. Um, my my whole take on the transfer thing is uh, twofold. Number one, I think that there's too many scholarships given to Division One basketball teams. I think they should uh, chop that back yeah. a couple, maybe make it to thirteen, because what it'll do is it'll have a trickle down effect. It'll, it'll have those kids that are sitting on the end of a power five bench go to a mid-major. The mid-majors, mm-hmm. they won't mess around with those two other kids on their team. Then they go down to the lower-end teams. And the lower-end teams, then they'll send those two kids they have down into the Division two market, maybe the JUCO market, NEI market, that type of thing. And so it'll start to even out. Um, 
I think the talent around the board would be balanced. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's not to negate any opportunity for young women out there. They're still there available for them. There's thousands of scholarships offered between division one, two, and three NAI JUCO. The list goes on and on and on. I mean, there's, there's, there's scholarship dollars out there, you know, um, the, the thought of playing Division One basketball, I get it. Thing for some kids, parents, but the reality is, is does your child play college basketball, have a phenomenal time for four years, get an education, and enjoy their experience versus, hey, I'm going to go sit the bench at some school, but I'm going to be there, you know, sitting on the bench. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if there's a, there's a, there's a good buy off on that, you know? So right to each his own, to each his own, but you know, getting back to this transfer market thing, there's 300 and some division one schools, but there's 400 and some kids just in the division one side of this thing alone. All right. But half of them are putting their names in this portal either because maybe they're getting pushed out maybe, or they're thinking that they're so talented that they should be playing, but they're only showing that they've played two seasons and they're average under a point a game. So let's be real. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, we have to so, be real. That's what the small talk is for. <laughs> Put it out yeah. there. <laughs> so, and I think the other thing too, is that if they want to transfer, they should have a two year sit out. Oh, now, you know, that's going yeah. against the whole big thing about, uh, them not sitting out a year. Yeah, I think that's supposed. I yeah. think is the NCAA doing a um ruling on that um soon. I think it's yeah, they're they're doing a ruling on it soon that would come into play in the twenty one twenty two season, where you basically have a one time transfer with no sit. Um, it's basically becoming free agency among college basketball on the women's side. <laughs> um, and, and 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 you know basically it's it's creating something similar to the men's side where you have, you know, players been able to go one and done and go professional. Um, I just, I don't agree with it, but that's, I think that's what's going to happen uh, or it may happen anyway. But yeah, I think going back to the two year sit out would allow them those, those players that are recruited to whatever school that they're planning on going to. They better make the sound decision. Right, right. But then, you know, hold on, wait, Dan. Then we'll be having 27 and 28-year-olds playing on the collegiate level. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know. Uh, but that's our reality of the, the, of, the, of the world that we're in right now, I guess. Is everybody wants to have uh, the cake and eat it, too, and they all want to play, and they all want to score and all Look, you, you know, you got to you got to find your niche, you know, and, and not everybody's going to play at Stanford or Tennessee or Connecticut, or wherever that may be. But there's a lot of really good schools out there that you need to find and, and some really good coaches out there. And you right. need to find your niche. Right, right. So your homework, I guess, kids committing in the eighth and ninth grade, that's you don't agree with that, right? Yeah. I, I'm honestly, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's right. 
and why I think girls basketball, the player that's in the eighth grade that commits to a school changes so much over the course of their development. Right. Um, either for the better or the worse, you know, um, sometimes it works in, in someone's favor. Um, uh, but others, sometimes it doesn't, you know, I just, um, yeah, I think it's a little too early. No, oh, I got you. I got you. So yeah. do you think that the coronavirus, this COVID-19, you think that's playing a huge part with? Because this is how I feel. I feel like mm-hmm. these players have a lot of time on their hands. Mm-hmm. I think they're talking to people more now than they've ever talked to before. Agree. And they're just home thinking about a past um, situations that have happened that you may have looked over. And then some may be thinking about future opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I think this virus played a huge part on why this transfer portal is so, I, I mean, I don't even know the word to say because it's like, I think we're just getting the, the first hand of it because we still have a whole summer. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, everything's there's so much uncertainty in this world right now with everything. But in the basketball circles, yeah, these kids are sitting at home. Parents are sitting at home. They're discussing their their daughter's future. Mm -hmm. Uh, The college coaches obviously have a lot more time on their hands, too, than they do in a normal setting. Right. Um, So they're really they're kind of grinding down on on who they want. And um, so I think you're getting some sincerity out of this. Uh, in a positive way where they're really getting to learn and know the college coaches without obviously visiting their campus more of who's really genuine about who, who they want, you know? And, and so I think there's a positive there. Um, But I think that they're probably a little anxious and their, their anxiety level is high, both on the coach's Mm -hmm. side and on the player's side where, hey, I better hurry up and commit, da 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 you know, and next thing you know, maybe they're jumping the, the, the gun a little bit, but um, I think we're seeing, we're seeing maybe the same degree of normalcy we'd all see already with kids committing, but maybe there's a little bit more extra added to it where kids are getting anxious. Right. But they better, right, find, right, right. They better find the right school for them. That's what they need to do. They don't need so, to be transferring all the time. So let's say hypothetically there's no AAU season this this year. Right. Would you advise a 2021 to reclassify? Oh, that's a good question. Um there's some thought there's some thought into that. I wouldn't suggest it because I think to each his own, but I, I would think that let's say this the girl that's out there that hasn't gotten a lot of recognition hasn't really been noticed by a lot of people. Um, that would be something to consider. Okay. But um, let's say that there's a player out there that's got three or four schools. They're happy with those three or four schools. They don't need to reclassify. They're happy. They're going to, they're going to find their, their happiness with those one of those four schools um, and move on in the, in the world and, and how they're doing with their collegiate game, you know? So um, yes and no. I got you. So, well, speaking of AAU, mm-hmm. I got 
couple questions for you about the season. Who was the most underrated player that would have been that would have taken a bump a bump in your rankings if you would have saw them this spring? Yeah, that's a good question, and that's that's a that's a question that I really can't give you a definitive answer on. And the reason nah. being, is there's I, I'm I'm not out there when I'm watching the week after week after week that I do this. I'm not watching for any one particular player. I already know who the players are, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to know if they're going to make an advancement in their game or if they've plateaued or they're going to decline, you know, in their value of how they play. So kids need to know that they've only got certain times that they can be out there to, to, for me to see them. And if I'm sitting there watching them play, I hope they play hard, you know. they got to compete, <laughs> you know. But but I understand that the girls' game has somewhat got some ups and downs to it over the course that I've watched them. Not every day there are they going to play. Are they going to be super, you know? Right. But, but the cream of the cream, those are the ones that seem to do that. They seem to be really on another level, um, which it makes my life a lot easier when I watch them play. But there's so many of the kids that are out there. Number one, there's kids out there that I haven't seen that are going to impact the rankings as we move along. Right. Um, and there's kids that are maybe in the 200, 300 level of, of being ranked that really people don't know about that they kind of jump into the mix. Um, and then there's kids that are among the top 100 players in the country that don't get it done. You know, mm. they falter along the way um, for whatever reason that may be, you know, some, some of it's got to do with some injury, maybe a new coaching chain, you know, whatever, maybe they decided already and they think that they can coast in their game, which I hope they wouldn't, you know, a lot of factors involved there, but not right. any one particular player that I could say, that I was anxious to see other than, you know, there, there's a kid that played for Cy Fair that's been out and, and hurt a little bit over the last couple of years. Uh, 6'1", 6'2", kid named, um, um, her name is escaping me, but she had committed to Tennessee with Holly Warlick, was still the coach. And, um, yeah, it was it was time for me to see her again. Um, and, I'm you know, hopefully that her name is Amani Bartlett. Houston okay. area. Make sure I look out Houston. for her. Yeah, Houston area player. Um, so, jury's still out on whether or not where she's at. How good is she? We're gonna find out. So as as time goes I by. I mean, I have to tell you, I was looking forward to seeing Jada. Jada. Um, uh, for uh, Missouri Phenom. I yep. was excited to see her play, um, playing up. You know, yep. last year she played on the 10th grade EYBL team. Yeah. So this year, I'm excited, hopefully, <laughs> to see her play up and see how she does against the bigger and stronger older girls. Yeah. Uh, see how she performed then. Good but point. I love her, man. She's she's fun to watch. She is. <laughs> her videos is fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She's she's a um, she's a popular item among the Twitter Twitterites that are out there. <laughs> Instagram too. Instagram too. 
<laughs> you know, and the other thing too, the question is AZ Fudd. Now AZ didn't play because of you know, oh, injury to her that's knee. a good one. And that although she she came back later on in her high school season, and you know she's still a tremendously talented player. Um, but there's other people that are knocking on her door. So uh, you know we're going to see if that plays itself out. Hopefully we'll be able to see that. Um, I mean she's still my number one uh, at this point because of her her body of work that she's done to this point, regardless right. of her injury, right. she's you been still a have tremendous talent. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh-huh. So oh man, man, listen, Dan, I want to thank you so much. Thank you for this conversation. <laughs> no problem. I enjoyed being on and uh I'll hopefully be able to be on again and oh, uh, for sure. I hope that this takes off for you and um it's been a delight. And uh um, let's hope that we can get back to playing real soon. All right. All right. Thanks again, Dan. Have a good day. You too. Have a good day. Right. Bye now. Bye. Wow. That was some great insight from one of the top scouts in the country. But you know, I have to end this episode with some thoughts. Let's call it mm, small thoughts. How does this transfer portal affects the 2021 high school class? Please give me feedback. I want to hear, are you worried, concerned, or indifferent? I have to say I am a little worried. I think there is going to be a decrease of scholarship offers. One, because of the lack of evaluation this spring and us not knowing what's going to happen this summer. I think coaches are going to base their offer off experience, which, of course, the transfer portal kids has more experience than high school kids. I mean, who knows? It'll be interesting to see. But listen, thank you so much for listening. Please come back for the next episode. It will be 10 times more petty and shady. Thank you for listening to Small Talk when no small talk is insignificant.